Welcome to the Connection Point Church Podcast. We hope to be an encouragement throughout your week. New episodes are available every Sunday evening and Thursday evening. We also invite you to join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. standing with me as we turn to the book to the book of Luke chapter 15. I want to read a couple of portions of scripture for you today here. Now I'm going to share a few verses here as I was reading in my personal devotion time. God began to just make something, just bring something to my attention. In the book of Luke chapter 15, I'm going to begin reading a few verses, and I want you to notice a theme. And it's a theme of what I'm going to preach for you today, and what I want to get into your spirit today, all right? I believe this is, this is a word from the Lord for our church. In the book of Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. In verse 2, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Now get it, everyone was being negative, everyone was criticizing. But Jesus began to, to, to reproof their criticisms by telling three stories. What man of you having lost a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country to go after that one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders. Get this, rejoicing. Everyone say, rejoicing. Let's go to Luke 15, verse 9. And he calls his friends together and says, rejoice with me. Verse 9, the next story, a woman who lost her coin but found it. And when she finds it and when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I have found the coin that I had lost. Notice that when he founds, when the shepherd finds the sheep, there was rejoicing. Notice that when the woman loses her coin and finds it, there was rejoicing. And finally, the third story that Jesus tells in Luke Chapter 15 is this story of a prodigal son that returns back to his father's house. In verse 25, and now his older son was in the field, the one that didn't leave. And as he came and drew near to the house and heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked him what this meant, he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he received him back safe and sound. But he was angry. He didn't want to rejoice. He didn't want to get happy. To go in, his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and now I've never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate or rejoice. I never got a celebration. I never got a, a party. I never got to rejoice over all the good things I've done. And look what the father says. But when this son of yours came, he devoured your property with prostitutes. You killed the fatted calf for him. You threw a celebration. And look what the father says. He says, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. In other words, what he's saying is, it was fitting to celebrate. It was fitting to, to rejoice. Be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and he's found. In other words, he said, you've always been with me and everything I have is yours. In other words, what he's saying is if you didn't rejoice, that's not my fault. You can rejoice anytime you want to rejoice. You can celebrate anytime you want to celebrate. One more portion of scripture, Philippians 4.4, 4, and I'll get into the word of the Lord. Here it is. Rejoice in the Lord. Come on, somebody. Always, and again, I will say rejoice. Three times in this parable, 
this theme of celebration, this theme of rejoicing just struck me and just stuck in my spirit. And so for the next few moments, I want to just preach on this simple subject, don't wait to celebrate. Is that all right? Don't wait to celebrate. Now, I don't know what kind of mood you're in this morning, but I want to just drive something into your heart today. Come on, you don't need permission to celebrate. You don't need to have the project finished to celebrate. You don't need it to be great and grandiose to celebrate. There is a kingdom value that is present in each and every one of our lives, like that sad sibling that didn't want to rejoice when his prodigal brother had returned. And the father says, listen, I didn't stop you from celebrating. You can rejoice anytime. Everything I have is yours. You've got an occasion and an opportunity to rejoice anytime you want to. And I just want to preach to somebody in this place today, no matter where you are and no matter what you're going through, don't you wait to celebrate. Can we bow our heads? Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your grace and for your mercies. Father, I pray that you would minister to every heart and mind today. God, I pray, Lord, let not the church get frustrated over what's unfinished. God, I pray, God, that they wouldn't get frustrated over partial victories or small victories or unfinished victories. But, Lord, I pray that they would celebrate even before they have permission, God. I pray, God, let a spirit of celebration and rejoicing and thanksgiving and gratitude come over this church in 2023, and we give you all the praise in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Amen. Don't wait to celebrate. Come on. That's your theme today. That's a word today. It was a songwriter by the name of Johnson Oatman who penned the lyrics to a song in the year 1897. Amen. Did I have, do I have anyone that was alive in 1897 today? Amen. Levi, you're the only one back there. <clears throat> he penned a song that the title you'll probably be familiar with, entitled, Count Your Blessings. Amen. When upon life's billows you are tempest and tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking that all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of a care? Does the cross seem heavy? You are called to bear. Count your many blessings. Every doubt will fly and you will be singing as the days go by. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Amen, Lord. Count your many blessings money cannot buy, your reward in heaven, your home on high. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God hath done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings and see what God has done. I asked my wife to sing this song this morning and she told me there's not a chance, but I'm still counting my blessings in 2023. I want to tell you, I want to get this word in your spirit this morning. I don't know what you're going through and I don't know what you're facing and I don't know what you're up against, but I believe the word of the Lord has come to Connection Point Church this morning to drive a kingdom value into our minds. 
to drive a kingdom principle into our lives that despite where you are and despite what progress you may or feel like you may not be making, I want to tell you that just like that sad sibling of the prodigal brother had to be reminded, everything that you have is the Lord's. If you want to celebrate, there's nothing holding you back. If you need to rejoice, there's nothing keeping you from rejoicing. You ought to get a celebration in your spirit. You ought to get a rejoicing in your heart. You see, whether we realize it or not, taking time to count your blessings, being thankful and celebrating in what God has done already and is getting ready to do is a kingdom value. It was this past Wednesday that we took the time, as I've shared with you, to cast vision for the coming year. And as part of that, that service, we took a few moments to reflect on the values of our church, the priorities or the values that are going to help us navigate through this pursuit of our vision in the coming year. And we shared some values of our church, that, that we are a life-giving church, that, that we love people. We believe that God does some of His best work through life life-giving relationships that as a church we believe in adding value to people we we want to give away financial peace university we want to give away uh, uh, anything and everything we can to add value to the kingdom and to his people and to our community that not only are we life-giving but we are bible-based that we teach and we preach the word of god that we believe in the preached word. We, we believe in the word. We stand upon the word. We, we believe in the authority of God's word. And, and so Connection Point Church is a church that stands on God's word. We are a spirit-filled church that, that we serve God and strive for a deeper presence of God to be felt in our life and in our services. We, we make no apologies about it. We, we're just ordinary people, but we have a deep hunger to experience God in a real and in a tangible way and through the power of the Holy Spirit we believe that we can fulfill and accomplish anything that God would set before us that, that we are servants that we clean floors and we open doors we are we are humble we're striving for excellence even though we know we aren't perfect we we give honor where honor is due that we honor God we honor his people we honor others we honor the authority placed in our cities our state and our nation we honor spiritual leaders we are a people of honor we we honor uh, 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 the church. We honor what God wants to do in the church. Furthermore, we are a people that live generously. We are a people that love our community. And finally, one of our kingdom values is we are a people that like to celebrate the wins. I want to tell you, I've found this to be a truth. This is something that is important for us to accomplish what I believe God is going to have us to accomplish. That if we are going to climb the mountain of faith, if, if we are going to win the victory, if we are going to fight the battle, that we've got to realize and recognize that we don't have to wait to celebrate. That we need to take inventory of the blessings that God has already put in our our life. I want to tell you, it may not seem big or significant, but ah, uh, there's some things that God has already done in our life and in our families and in our church and in our communities that are worthy of celebrating today. Hang with me now. Webster defines this word celebrate as publicly acknowledging a notable occasion. To celebrate is to honor an occasion by refraining from ordinary business. Celebration denotes rejoicing and the emotions evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune. 
by the prospect of possessing what one desires. A celebration is a source of cause and delight. I'll tell you, we have a lot of words and synonyms in the English language to depict a celebration. It, it denotes rejoicing, to take pleasure, to take delight. The Hebrew word for celebration means to be glad, to be merry, to take time, to be delighted in a thing. There are a lot of words, there are a lot of means, there are a lot of synonyms, but what I want to tell you here today is more than just a word in our vocabulary. It needs to be a value in our life, a value in our spirit, a value in our culture. That just like the Apostle Paul said to the church in Philippi, you need to learn to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. It was a church in Philippi that was under persecution and under tribulation. But Paul said, nevertheless, in the midst of your trials and your tribulations and your difficulties, you need to take a hold of the kingdom value to find the blessings of God that are already around you, and you need to make an occasion to celebrate in the goodness of the Lord. What are we celebrating, Connection Point Church? What are we, what are we rejoicing in that God has already done in our life? From the very beginning, from the very beginning of Scripture, the Bible shows us this reoccurring theme of celebration. At the beginning, when the morning stars sang together as God was stretching forth His hand to create the universe, the Bible says the angels of God were there even at creation, shouting for joy, rejoicing and celebrating at the works of God's hand. All the way to the book of Revelation, the Scripture tells us that, that there will be joy and gladness at the marriage supper of the Lamb. There was celebration from the Old Testament to the end of the New Testament. At the birth of Christ, there was rejoicing and there was celebration. At the miracles of Christ, there was rejoicing. At the appearing of His resurrection, the disciples returned back to Jerusalem with joy and rejoicing from beginning to end, from cover to cover. This value of rejoicing occurs some 542 times throughout the Word of God with joyfulness, with gladness, with delight, with pleasure, with laughter, with merriness, with happy God, happiness. God's people have celebrated. They celebrated when they crossed over the Red Sea to the other side. They celebrated at the walls of Jericho when they fell down at the Word of God. David celebrated every six steps as he was returning the ark of the covenant back to Jerusalem. I want to tell you here today that we need to be a people that aren't so stiff-necked and stubborn and serious and stoic that we can't grab a hold of a kingdom value and celebrate the good things that God has already done in our life. If all your Christianity can produce in your life is a stoicism and a seriousness and a stubbornness and a stiff-neckedness and all you're about is what you're against and all you're about is what's not good enough and all you're about is what hasn't happened yet, I want to tell you, you got some wrong Christianity. But what I've come to preach to somebody today is the joy of the Lord. God is already worthy of your celebration. God is already doing a good thing 
thing in your life, God is already worthy of your rejoicing. Don't be like that sad sibling in the story that I read that was upset because of the celebration. His father said, you have all the rights and the opportunity to celebrate any time you want to. Get a little joy in your spirit. Get a little happiness in your, in your life. Get a smile on your face. Get a song in your spirit. Come on, it's time to celebrate. Psalm writer said in Psalm 30, he said, you have turned my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and you have clothed me with gladness. I want to tell you here today, has God done anything for you that is worthy of you taking some time to acknowledge and recognize what God has accomplished in your life and take time to rejoice, to be glad, to be merry, to celebrate what God has already done? I want to tell you, don't wait to celebrate. So we find this this value, this word, this theme, this story. In the book of Luke chapter 15, the story that I read for you where Jesus was the beginning of that chapter, you read it, the Bible says that the Pharisees were criticizing Jesus. He's hanging out with sinners. He's hanging out with tax collectors. He's hanging out with all the wrong people. He's doing all the wrong things. He doesn't fit our expectations. And they began criticizing the Lord, and they began talking about the Lord. And so the Bible says in an effort to rebuke what the Pharisees were were doing, their, their negativity and their pessimism about his ministry and about his life, Jesus began to tell three stories. And he began by telling the story of a shepherd who, who was, had a hundred sheep, but he lost one of the sheep, and so he left the 99 sheep to go after that one sheep that was missing. And he took time to, to recognize and to point out that when he found that one sheep that was missing, just about a hundredth of his, of his wealth and a hundredth of, his, of, of, of what he owned, he, he rejoiced over that one one hundredth of his livelihood, and he picked that sheep up. Up and he began to rejoice and he called his friends together to celebrate the fact that he had redeemed that which had been lost. And then he told a second story, a story of a woman that had lost a coin, one of 10 coins that, that she lost in her house. She didn't take it out of the house. It hadn't been stolen, but it had been left. It had been lost somewhere. And, and so the Bible says that she swept her house. She turned on a candle that, that she began looking diligently for the thing that she had lost in the house. And the, Jesus says that when she found that coin that had been left and lost in her house, the Bible says that she took time to recognize how happy she was that she had found the coin that was missing. And she called her neighbors over saying, rejoice with me for I have found that coin which I've lost. And then finally he tells the story of this prodigal son that had, that had left his father's house more than just one one-hundredth of a wealth of that shepherd and his one sheep, more than just one-tenth of his wealth of a, of a coin that had, had been lost in the house, but, but this was one-half of, fa- of, this, of this godly man's inheritance. It was one of his two sons that had walked out of the, uh, of the house and had taken his inheritance and had, and had, had squandered it with, with unrighteous living. And, and as he was out there away from his father's house, his father looked out over the that porch waiting for the day that his son would return. 
And when that day finally came and he came back to the house and he came to his father with repentance, asking to be accepted and greeted, his father wasn't angry, his father wasn't mad, but there was something inside of him that recognized this is an occasion worthy of a celebration. And so Jesus tells this story to indicate to these Pharisees and these Sadducees and these critics and these haters and these skeptics and these pessimists Hey, even though you might not see it as an occasion for rejoicing, what I've come to show you is that is that even more than a shepherd to his a sheep to a shepherd and a coin to a woman and the son to his father. He said, I've come to redeem that which is lost, that there are some things in this life worth celebrating, that there are some things in this life worth rejoicing. I just want to reiterate one more time. Don't you get so stuck in your cynicism? and skepticism and and expectations of how you think things should be that you can't take the occasion to just take a step back every once in a while and recognize that there are some things in your life that are worthy of giving God the glory for. I want to tell you, if God has done anything for you, you ought to rejoice. If God has ever touched you, you ought to rejoice. If God has ever blessed you, you ought to rejoice. If God has ever done anything in your life, There's an occasion to celebrate. And so this son in this story comes back. And the fatted calf is killed. A ring is put on his finger. And there's a celebration. It's a type of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said that the angels in heaven are going to celebrate. There's a rejoicing, a party taking place in heaven. Even when just a, a sinner comes to an altar and repents turns their life around and puts their faith in God that there is rejoicing in heaven. And so what I find here is that in the Scripture that we find a contrast that there is this culture of celebration and then there is this this attitude that this other brother, this sad sibling demonstrates that, that he was upset about the celebration. That he didn't think it was an occasion to celebrate because he hadn't celebrated himself. He said, Father, why are we celebrating this son that has wasted his inheritance? Why are we celebrating this son that has done everything wrong? I have have done everything right. I've obeyed all the rules. Look at all the good things that I have done. He starts getting a little self-righteous. He starts getting a little self-conceited. And his father reproves him. And I believe it's a word for us today, Connection Point Church. He says, everything that I have is yours. You've been with me this whole time. In other words, what he's trying to say is, you can celebrate any time you want to celebrate. You should rejoice any occasion you feel to rejoice. You don't have to wait to celebrate. You can rejoice in the goodness of the Lord any time you want to. And I just believe that's a word for us today. That's a word for us in 2023. I don't know what the future is going to hold. I don't know what's going to happen in your business. I don't know what's going to happen in your marriage. I don't know what's going to happen in the world. I don't know what's going to happen in Washington, D.C. But what I want to tell somebody today is that if we will get this kingdom culture in our hearts and on our minds, we're going to have a a much different experience than we would have otherwise. I want to tell you, I don't want to wait to celebrate all that God is doing in my life. I want to see the grace of God. I want to rejoice in his goodness and his mercy and his blessing right now. I don't want to wait to celebrate. I will tell you today that I see here at least three 
times in the Scripture that we ought to celebrate. And I think we do, we do hold back too much. I don't think we should be so heavy and, and heavy-hearted and, and stoic and heavy-minded. I was in a session just this past summer with uh, a leader by the name of David Bernard, if you don't know him, a great leader and author. And, and he was talking about how in, in churches like ours that, that we get so hung up on only celebrating the big things. When people receive the Holy Ghost or when some big thing, some big miracle happens, he says, he says, that's not right. We need to celebrate the little things. And he says, you've got to have permission in your church to celebrate even someone coming forward and repenting or, or being faithful to God or faithful to an altar. That There are many things that we should celebrate in the church. And I want to tell you that's true even in our own life. But I want to say there are at least three things I find in the Word of God that we, that we can find to, uh, an occasion to celebrate. Number one, we need to celebrate those things in life even that aren't finished. We need to celebrate even when God isn't finished with the things in our life. I want to tell you today, as people of faith, we don't have to wait to celebrate. We don't need to wait to rejoice. We shouldn't wait to give God praise. Have you made any progress then you should celebrate it. Have you made any improvement? Then you should rejoice in it. Has God done anything in your life? Then you ought to give God the praise even before it's finished. You see, as believers, we are called to walk by faith. We are called people of faith. And as people of faith who walk by faith and live by faith, we don't have to wait until God is finished or until the battle is over, or until the outcome is completed. Because in the realm of faith, it is done. In the realm of faith, he has already won the battle. In the realm of faith, we already know how the story ends. The Bible says that Abraham was a father of our faith, that he obtained righteousness and he was justified by his faith. He received a promise from God, but the Bible says that Abraham didn't wait to rejoice until the promise had been received, but the Bible says he spoke those things which be not as though they were. And so I want to tell you that while the world waits until the buzzer sounds, and while the world waits until the, until the project is finished, and while the world waits until everything is, is counted, I want to tell you as people of faith, we have the promise and the privilege and the permission to rejoice and to celebrate even before the job is finished. You can celebrate your progress. You can celebrate even taking a step forward. You can celebrate even if it's not complete yet. I want to tell you today that we need to celebrate even before the job is done. Look what the Bible says God did in Genesis chapter 1. The scripture says that God had a week's worth of work set before him. In the very opening verses of scripture, the Bible says that God spoke into the, into the darkness and, and he separated the darkness from the light. And the Bible says that even though he had, he had another five days of creation left ahead of him, the Bible says that at the end of that first day in Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 and 2, the scripture says, nevertheless, he took a moment to pause and to recognize when he saw the light that the light was good. He was celebrating the progress of the first day. But that wasn't all. He went on to the second day's worth of work and he made the land and separated it from the sky. And at the end of the day, the Bible says he recognized the work that had been accomplished on that particular day 
And in that particular setting, in the Bible says that God paused for a moment to recognize that it too was good. He still had more work to do. He still had more things to create. He wasn't done speaking things into existence. But along the way, every single day, he recognized that it was good. And it wasn't until the sixth day that the Bible says that finally after God had created the heavens and the earth and he saw everything that he had made, that he said it is really good. But here's what I think we do sometimes. Sometimes I think we make the mistake of waiting until the really good seasons of life to rejoice instead of taking time to pause and reflect on the good days along the way. You see, God didn't get caught up in just waiting until the sixth day to rejoice. But he recognized that every step of the way, I'm not done yet, but there's some good things happening. There's light and darkness now. That's progress. That's a good thing. Come on, there's sky and there's earth. That's a good thing. Come on, there's vegetation and trees and plants and fruit-bearing plants. That's a good thing. Oh, come on, there's fishes in the seas that weren't here yesterday. It's not finished yet, but that's progress. That's a good thing. Oh, I've got four-footed beasts now. That's a good thing. Oh, I'm going to form out of the dust of the man or uh, uh, out of the earth a man, and I'm going to breathe into him the breath of life. That's a good thing. And it wasn't until the sixth day that God said, there's some good things all along the way, but this is really good. What I want to preach to somebody today is to take a step back and realize that you don't have to have all of your ducks in a row. You don't have to have everything completed and finished and perfect the way you want it to, but get some godliness in your character and in your spirit to rejoice along the way of progress. You have permission to celebrate even before you receive the end of your promise. But number two, you have permission to celebrate, hear me now, even the small things in life. Zechariah 4, verse 10. The Bible tells us a story of a man by the name of Zerubbabel. The Scripture says that Zerubbabel was a governor. He was a Hebrew that was living in Babylon, and he was commissioned to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple that had been destroyed. This was an overwhelming task. This was a daunting task. He didn't have the budget and the resources and the team and the people and everything you wish you could do if you were building a temple that was going to be worthy of, of the God that was going to inhabit that temple. But nevertheless, he was commissioned, and he was called, and this man Zerubbabel goes back to Jerusalem. The Bible says he had, he had, uh, <clears throat> he had uh, people opposing him on the outside. There were all of the haters and all of the, all of the uh, uh, Philistines and people of the surrounding nations that were living in Jerusalem and they were opposing him and they were suppressing him and they were criticizing him. And not only did he have, not only did he have uh, 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 people on the outside, that there were people on the inside that were opposing him. Even the own, his own Jews, his own people were criticizing and complaining and saying, this is not going to look like the first temple. It's not going to be good enough, and it's not going to be nice enough, and it's not going to be this, and it's not going to be that. And he had opposition from the outside, and he had opposition from the inside. And so it finally got to a point that he had laid the foundation and he had started building the, the, the very cornerstones. And, 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 and in the middle of trying to make progress, progress was halted for seven years. And for seven years, he was, he was 
unable to, to, to take another step forward. For seven years, he was hindered and prevented from making any progress. And it finally got to a point where he thought he was never going to be able to accomplish what he set out to accomplish. But it was here in this, in this period, in this season, where it seemed like there was no progress, that he wasn't making headway, that the, that the Spirit of the Lord came to a prophet by the name of Zechariah. And Zechariah spoke to Zerubbabel, and he said, Don't despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. To see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. And he says the seven lamps represent the eyes of the Lord that search all around the earth. In other words, what he's saying here is, Zerubbabel, I know it seems insignificant. Zerubbabel, I know it pales in comparison to the final outcome, the preferred outcome you desire. Zerubbabel, I know it seems small right now, but the eyes of the Lord are all going all throughout the earth to and fro, and they're looking for the things that God rejoices in. And what you need to know, Zerubbabel, is God doesn't just rejoice in the big things and in the great things, and in the grandiose things, and in the completed things. But God rejoices, get this, in the small things. Don't despise the days of small beginnings, Zerubbabel. There's some small victories that you need to celebrate. There's some small outcomes you need to rejoice in. You paid the bills this month, you need to rejoice in that. You didn't get any fights with your family this week, you need to rejoice in that. Come on, you might not have everything that you want right now, but there's some small victories that you need to rejoice in. There's some small battles that you've won that you need to rejoice in. I'm going to tell you Connection Point Church, there's some victories all over this church as we've been praying and as we've been seeking God little victories that God has been giving us. And I wonder if we're doing a good enough job of celebrating those victories. Leanne, we have been praying for Leanne. I want to tell you, Leanne, there was, a po- there was a moment, there was an afternoon where we were worried. We were concerned about what was going to happen. But we had been praying, and it's not about us. The church was praying as, as, as a whole was praying, and we were seeking God. And, and I want to tell you, when I met with Dan and with, with your family there in that waiting room, there was some concern, there was some worry. But we bound together, and we prayed, and the church prayed, and several churches prayed. And, and I, I tell you that what God did through that surgery, we're rejoicing over an answer to prayer. Uh, I talked to Dan, he said it was like miracle after miracle after miracle. I want to tell you, that's a reason to celebrate. That's a reason to rejoice. That's a reason to give God praise. That's a reason to lift our voices and clap our hands and say, God is doing a good work in our life. Just thinking about some of the things that God is doing in our church. I began just thinking about some of the people that God is working in. Ashley, I don't want to embarrass you, but I want to just say I am so excited about what God is doing in your life. And I just want to celebrate the grace of God in your life. Because every Sunday that Ashley is here, I want to tell you, she comes down to this altar and she seeks God and she prays and she worships and she cries out to God. She's in a Bible study and God is doing big things in her life. And I just want to take a moment to celebrate. Here we have someone that is here in the altar seeking after God. And I know God has more in store for her life, but we ought to just take an occasion to celebrate. You told me not too long ago that, 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 that there was you were seeing the difference that God was making in your life, but you were frustrated because you thought there would be more, but you told me there was a time where your brother was getting on to your case, and you guys got in a fight, and, and the old Ashley would have 
yelled at him and, and, and given him a piece of your mind. You didn't say quite like that. But, but in that moment, because what God has been doing in your life, you decided to, to walk away. And I want to tell you, that's a victory today. That's, that's something to celebrate today. That's, that's rejoicing today. I want to tell you, there's things taking place in all of our lives, in each and every one of our homes, in each and every one of our families, that we need to just make, make time and take time to, to celebrate, to take an occasion, to realize and to recognize that along this journey of faith, that there are going to be some difficult seasons and situations. There are going to be some days, trust me, where it's not going to seem like there's a whole lot of good things going on. There's going to be some dry spells and some difficult seasons and some hardships along the way, but I want to tell you that that God has equipped with us in this journey of life a kingdom value. And that is a, a spirit of celebration that along the ways, the journeys, and the travails and troubles of life, that if we will just take time to pause and reflect in the goodness of God, that there is joy, that there is peace, that there is rejoicing, and there is celebration available to the people of faith. Finally, we celebrate the things that are not done. We celebrate the things <clears throat> that seem significant or small. And finally, what I see here in the Scripture is the permission to celebrate things before everyone else gives you permission to do it. Celebrate even before everyone else gives you the permission. It was this story that we read where this prodigal son and his sad sibling of a brother demonstrate here the way I read it, a permission from the father to this other brother that was frustrated and, and feeling discouraged and down because he had no celebration for all the good things that he had done. And what that father said, I believe, is a word for us today. Everything I have is yours. You're always with me. You have permission to celebrate at any time. You have permission to rejoice at any moment. Everything I have is yours. If you need an opportunity to rejoice, it's yours. If you need an occasion to celebrate, it's yours. If you need an occasion to take a step back and say, God, I know it's not all the way I want it to be right now, and I know there's some difficulties and some hardships that I've got to walk through, but... God, I just need a moment to just take a step back and be thankful for a minute and rejoice in the goodness and the, the, the mercies of the Lord. The bills are paid this month and I've got a shelter over my head and, and I feel your presence when I walk into the house of the Lord and there's some good things happening and there's some answer to prayer taking place and I see the goodness of the Lord all around me. I, I want to tell you that, that, that you have permission to celebrate even when nobody else will celebrate for you. Connection Point Church, I want to tell you, in 2023, part of our faith journey, part of our faith walk, is going to be for us to go beyond just seeing by sight, walking by what we see and begin to get an eyes, the eyes of faith and see, I see what the Lord is beginning to do. I, I see what the Lord has already started. I see the goodness of the Lord and, the, and His mercy among His people, even when it's not done, even when it seems small, and even when no one else celebrates for us. I'm just going to rejoice and celebrate in the goodness of God and rejoice in the goodness of the Lord in my life. Don't wait 
to celebrate. Stand with me today. Don't wait to celebrate. I bet if I could go through each and every one of your lives, I bet there would be a mixed bag of troubles and blessings. I bet if I were to go through and talk to each and every person here in this place here today, I bet I could get a list of all of the difficulties in your life and a list of the good things. There's a mixed bag in each and every one of our situations and our circumstances. But what I'm preaching to you today is that even before the prayer is answered, and even though it might seem insignificant or small right now, and even though no one else may be celebrating for you, what I'm asking you to do today is by faith, I want you to reach into that bag. And instead of pulling out all of the problems and the troubles and the difficulties and the incomplete things in your life and the things that seem insignificant and small, I want you to pull out those things that you can rejoice in. I want you to pull out what God is already doing in your life. I want you to pull out the small blessings, the insignificant blessings, the incomplete blessings, the blessings that no one else is celebrating. And what I want to tell you today is that in 2023, that we need to not wait to celebrate the goodness of God in our life. Every head bowed here today. I know the Lord gave me this word. I know He did. And so I don't know where you are in your life, but I can tell you of a certainty that God is speaking to somebody in this church Don't pause or delay, but take time to celebrate the goodness of of God right now. I wonder if there's anyone here today, we're standing all across this place, would be willing to step out from where you are and to begin to make your way forward. You know, maybe you were that other sibling in the story, and you've been looking around at all of the things that you've done and all the good things and all the reasons why things should be better than they are and you feel frustrated and discouraged that things aren't turning out the way you thought they would but I want to tell you here today is that if you're in the church this morning and you know Jesus Christ and God has filled you with the Holy Ghost and and you know his salvation and his truth you've got a reason to rejoice Come on, God has touched you and God has preserved you. The fact that you're here is a reason that God has a purpose for your life, that you're going to heaven, you're going to walk on streets of gold, that God is doing a work in your life. There is a reason to rejoice. Everything that God has is yours. You don't need permission today. It doesn't have to be finished today. You just need to take time to rejoice in the goodness of God. So as Paul said to the church of Philippi, I say to Connection Point Church, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Is there anyone here today that would just step out from where you are and say, I've got some reasons to be thankful this morning? Come on, we're going to celebrate. I'm not talking about hype and emotionalism. That's great. I love that. Whatever it looks like, however it manifests, come on, you just need to be thankful today. You just need to rejoice in the Lord today. 
This is Jesus. This is a kingdom value. Rejoice. 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 Again, I say rejoice. The bills aren't paid. Rejoice. Come on, the family's having some trouble. Rejoice anyway. Come on, things aren't the way they want to be. Rejoice. Come on, sometimes you just got to rejoice for the sake of rejoicing. God said, I'm not done yet, but it's a good thing. I'm going to rejoice along the way. I'm going to rejoice along the, the steps of faith. Come on, David, I'm not the Jerusalem yet, but every six steps, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to take some time and make some time to be thankful. Can we just lift our hands all over this place as this team begins to just play and sing? Can we